Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, guys and girls. Welcome back to the We Have a Word podcast, man. I am your host, Zach. I'm grateful. I'm glad that you all are here on today. Um, as always, I hope you all have had a great day on today in Jesus' name. As I always say, that's a bar right there. You feel me? And welcome back to Check Your DMs, man. If this is your first time joining the bonus segment, I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. So what Check Your DMs is, it's a play on words. And so in this social media culture of today, we have an option to interact or to communicate with each other through social media, whether that be on Twitter, whether it be through Instagram, direct messages or DMs, um, whether it be Facebook Messenger, whether it be Snapchat. We all have that option to be able to interact with one another on that type of basis. And the beautiful thing about the concept of check your DMs, you can either choose to accept, decline or ignore the message request, just like you do in social media. Um, We have that option, whether we choose to accept decline or ignore but it's time to check your dms guys um this is number two so now you got two message requests from the we have a word podcast and the message that i have for you guys on today is love is so you're probably wondering zach what do you mean by love is well we have to in order to understand that phrase we have to understand what love truly is from a biblical standpoint in the bible right So the scripture that I have for you is 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8 and verse 13. This is Paul speaking right here. And verse 4 starts off, it says, actually, we're going to start back at verse 3, where Paul starts off. It says, if I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not envy. It is not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Verse six says love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes and always perseveres. I'm going to read part of verse eight. It says love never fails. And then we go on to verse 13 and he says, and now these three remain faith, hope and love. But the greatest of these is love. So we got a lot to break down right here in First Corinthians chapter 13. Let's start with verse four. And when you look at verses four through seven, it gives you the personification or it gives you the characteristics of what love truly is and what it's not. So we see that verse four, it says it's patient. It's kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Mm. It says love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes and always perseveres. If you are not exemplifying these characteristics of love, then you are not exemplifying the love that Christ shows us each and every single day. Zach, what do you mean by that? Well, there's two types of love that we have to discuss in the Hebrew. The first one I want you guys to understand is Agape, that is the love God shows us. What does agape mean in Hebrew, Zach? It means unconditional. That means that you are willing to love this individual regardless of their flaws, mistakes, their past regrets, um, all the things that they may have done wrong, uh, whether they choose to do the right thing or not, um, whether they continue to indulge in sin or not, you love them anyway. God is love. But in order for us to understand what love truly is, we have to understand the characteristics of what love is. See, a lot of people have the definition of love misconstrued or confused. They look at love as an emotion when to God, this is a 
outward expression. This is an action word that is exemplified every single day. So if you say that you truly do love somebody, go by these characteristics in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Go by these characteristics. And if you are not exemplifying the characteristics, then you might need to check yourself. And I'm speaking to myself, too. We say that we love others. We say that we love people. We say that we love God. But if we are not exemplifying the fruits of the spirit, which are referenced to Galatians 5 verse 22, you can go and read that when you have in your spare time. If we're not exemplifying the fruits of the spirit or the characteristics of love that are mentioned in this passage of scripture, then we're doing something wrong. We're doing something wrong. Now, the second type of love that I want to explain to you guys is called philio, P-H-I-L-E-O. And that's in Hebrew. And basically, the definition of filio love is an emotion. And that is how we tend to look, us as individuals, we tend to look at what love is. It's an emotion. Whereas agape is an action. That is to be exemplified daily, but we see love as an emotion from a physical standpoint. And so what Paul is teaching us here in this passage of scripture is that we are to exemplify this not only when we feel like it or when we want to, but we're to exemplify it every single day. And does it include specific people? Yes. I mean, your loved ones, like your family, your friends, girlfriend, boyfriend, wife, husband, whatever the case may be. But we are to exemplify it every single day, even to people that we don't know, to those that know Christ and those that don't, to those who are lost and those that are saved, to those that are still in the dark and those that have come to the light. Um, and as we look, Paul was stepping on toes here. As he was speaking in his passage of scripture to the church of Corinth, he was sitting here talking about this and it's meant to step on toes because he's telling us what love is and what lo what love isn't. It talks about it says it doesn't boast. It doesn't envy. It's stepping on toes. I know this is hard to hear. It's not proud. Uh, uh oh, it's not rude. It's not self-seeking or you're not seeking self-gain. It's not easily angered. How many of us are quick? to get angry. Oh boy. Um, how many of us are impatient? Oh my. Um, <laughs> um, it keeps no records of wrongs or in other words, it doesn't hold a grudge. <laughs> it says love does not delight in evil, mm, but rejoices with the truth. If you say you truly love somebody, tell them the truth. Even if it may hurt them, tell them the truth. Me personally, I always tell my friends to tell me the truth and be honest with me because I have more respect for them as a person to come to me clean than to lie to me or tell a half lie. A half lie is still a lie. <laughs> but please come to me in truth and in honesty. And I can respect that even if it hurts me because it says it right here. It doesn't delight in evil, but it rejoices with the truth. I love you enough and I have enough respect for you to tell you the truth because I love you. It says it always protects. It always trusts. See, it goes back to verse six, rejoices with the truth. And what comes with a friendship or a relationship or commitment, it comes with trust. <laughs> it always hopes. It always perseveres. And it says love never fails. How do I know that agape love overrides filio? It's because God unconditionally, he loved us enough unconditionally to send his son down here to willingly live on this earth, go on the cross for us, die for us, 
He rose up on the third appointed morning with all powers in his hands. It says in scripture that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Think of anybody in your life currently. Ask yourself this. Can you think of anybody currently in your life who would willingly go on an old rugged cross for you for all the sins that you would commit and the ones that you already have committed? Can you think of anybody? That's a trick question, by the way, because if you said, yes, my mom or my dad or my brother or my sister, whatever the case may be, it wouldn't be good enough. You want to know why? Because we're sinful. When sin entered into this world, that is a part of our nature. And so if you did, if that person did willingly decide to go up on a cross, God would look at their sacrifice and say it's not good enough because we're sinful by nature. So and if you said no, you have an understanding that nobody else could have gone on that cross but Jesus. He was spotless and blameless. He knew no sin. He was the perfect sacrifice to go up on this cross for me and for you. That will forever be the greatest form of love that anybody could ever show. It, it's not my mom's love and I love my mom. It's not my dad's love and I love my dad. It's not my brother's love and I know and I love my brother. But there will never be a greater sacrifice that somebody laid down their life for me and all my wrongdoing that I would commit. There's no greater love. It says in the word of God that no greater love is such as this, that a man lay down his life for a friend. Jesus is closer than a brother. Jesus is my friend. He's my high priest. He's my he's my advocate. He's my all in all. He is the first and the last. He is my savior. He is my Lord. And I thank God that he came down and willingly took on all the sins of the world for me and for you. And that he not only died and put him and willingly gave up the ghost or gave up his spirit. Went and died. Came back three days later and finished the work on the cross because he loved us that much. It says in John three, verse 17, that he didn't come to condemn the world, but to redeem it unto himself. I can't think of any man. I thank God, man. I thank God for that, man, because without his love and his grace and his mercy, man, where would we be? We'd be in some dire straits. So now we look back at verse three. I'm kind of backtracking a little bit so we can get the full picture of what love truly is. Look what Paul said. Look how he set him up. He said, if I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. So we see that love also involves the position or the posture of our heart. Where is your posture on today? Is your heart in the right place? When you do things for others, are you doing it in the right spirit? Are you doing it with an intent? Not of, own, of your own personal gain, but are you truly doing it to make somebody's day or to be a blessing? It is a blessing to be a blessing. Are you where is you, where is your heart at on today? I just want to ask that question. I'm asking myself that question, too. Where is your posture at? What does your heart posture look like? And the reason why I ask that question is because it talks about in the last days, if you go read Matthew chapter 24, where Jesus was talking about the things that would occur in the last days, we see that he talks about that man's heart would turn wax cold. And in the context of that, what that means to me is that there will be a lack of love in the last days. And we see that already within society on social media. People are bashing each other, calling each other out their names. 
being disrespectful, all these different things like that, man. There's a lack of love in this day and time in society, man. And we wonder why there's so much that's going on, so much violence, so much division, so much confusion in the world is because there's a lack of love. There's a lack of love in in the last days or in these times. And so the only way that we can truly make progression is that we have to include love into the formula without love. Clearly, it's going to fail. There are going to be some things that are going to fail. It talks about in verse eight that love never fails. So if love is not in the ingredients, then it's going to fail. Whatever that it may be, (laughs) it's going to (laughs) fail. So we see that love is an important piece in the puzzle of the kingdom of God. And so for us as men and women of the body of Christ, we have to set the example for the world because we're not like the world. We're to be set apart. We're called to be set apart. And so in order to be able to continue to advance the kingdom and to make true progression, there has to be love. So we look at a passage of scripture. It says charity starts at home. And so one of the personifications of charity, there has to be love involved in doing charity because it says, Look at verse six. I'm going to go right back to it. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. So that means when you're doing charity, your heart has to be in the right place. Look at verse three. If I pos- if I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. So if your heart is not in the right place, there is a lack of love. Ask God to pour into you his personification of love, what love means to him, how it's shown, what it looks like, because we call we're supposed to look a little bit more like Christ each and every single day. And so what does that mean? That means that we also have to exemplify the love that he shows us every single day. And am I saying it's easy? No, because you're going to have people that are you can say that you love them, but they don't love you back. You can say that you care about them, but they may not care about you back. And that's okay. That's okay. You want to know why? I love you anyways. It says in the word to love your enemies. My God. Man, there's a lack of love in these last days. And once we truly understand that, we will truly begin to make true advancement in the kingdom of God. This is all I have for you guys. Go in peace. Be blessed. I love you. God bless you. And I hope that you all have a great rest of the day, a great rest of the week. In Jesus name, as I always say, Father God, as we come to you, Lord God, as we close on another episode, we thank you, Lord God, for teaching us about the personification of love and what it looks like, what it looks like, Lord God, to be a true disciple of you, Lord God. And it starts right here. There are a lot of many biblical principles that are to be discussed, but Lord, it starts with love, Lord God, help us to have fellow lo- to have love for our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, to have love for those who persecute us, Lord God, to have love for those who may have done us wrong, who may have, Lord God, um, intentionally hurt us or unintentionally hurt us. Lord, help us to learn to forgive, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for this 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 heart transplant, Lord God, to go from a heart 
of wax coldness or of stillness. And Lord God, to go to a heart that is not only living and breathing for you, but Lord, that exemplifies love each and every single day. Lord God, we ask that you would, Lord God, forgive us of our sins known and unknown, of all wrongdoings and of all evil thoughts, renewing us the right heart, right spirit, and the right mindset so that it may be holy and acceptable unto you. Lord, help us to go on this week and help us to learn how to love one another in spirit and in truth, Lord God. Let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. For it's in your precious son, Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. Amen and amen. Y'all be blessed. Thank you for tuning into the We Have a Word podcast. I will see y'all on the next episode. Once again, I love you. And don't forget to remember the personification or the characteristics of what love truly is. God bless you.